Welcome to another Mother Runner. This is Sarah Bowen Shea. I'm joined by Dimity McDowell. Hi, Dim. Hey, SBS. How you doing? Good. How are you? I am good. I'm in loving the springtime here in Colorado. I know that's not the case. I know most of the country isn't having <laughs> spring. Mm-hmm. I'm not laughing at you. I, I sympathize, but I love that I'm not on the end of bad weather right now. Oh, my goodness. I look at the pictures. You know, I'm headed to Eau Claire, Wisconsin, um, the first weekend in May. And, you know, our pals there send us pictures of, of snow, you know, not all that long ago. And I just am like, wait. Wait, I don't understand. When I get there in May, it's going to feel like spring. I just feel like it's going to be like this acceleration over the next couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I remember being a kid in Minnesota and I, I went to summer camp and I always went to the first session. They were like two month long sessions. And uh-huh. I remember, I, I don't know when it started. I, I would say it started like, you know, early June. And I remember like fearing that would have, there would be snow still at camp, <laughs> like when I got to camp. You know, I mean that's that's a real, a real fear in the mid in the, in the hearts and lot uh, minds of Midwesterners. <laughs> oh my goodness! No, no, no. We ha- we have a specially designed trucker hat for Eau Claire and has these beautiful flowers and the river that's the the clear waters on there. So I'm just like, no, no, no. I- I'm expecting it to look like the hat. <laughs> <laughs> Hopefully it will. I probably will. I mean, but you just never know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So we are recording this about a week before it airs, but I know that on the day it airs, that Amy Schumer movie, I Feel Pretty, comes out. And have you um, heard about that movie or seen any trailers for uh, it? I've seen some trailers. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I love Amy Schumer. I would watch her do anything pretty much. Yeah, yeah. So Molly was the one who clued me into it. She was telling me the plot of it one morning on a run. I was like, oh my gosh, that sounds hilarious. So then I watched the trailer and I just cannot wait to see it. So I think Molly and I will go to the movie theater and see it pretty soon. Oh, awesome. Yeah, Yeah. I watched the trailer. You sent me the link. It's so good. Well, and it's there. She gets her head knocked out at SoulCycle. At SoulCycle, yeah. Yeah. So, um, or, you know, um, has her transformation there. Yeah, no, I mean, she's so real and funny and and good. And, um, I mean, did you see her other movie? Um, Was it called One Night Stand? Was no, it? the one with Bill, what's his face? From- yes, yes. Yeah, Trainwreck. Oh, Trainwreck. Yeah, yeah, yes. yeah. I thought that was very funny. Oh my gosh, I loved LeBron in that movie. I just thought he was fantastic. Um, yeah, Bill Hader is that his name? Yeah, yeah, very good. Okay, it's always good to have a young person here by your side. I know, right? I'm like, what's that called? One Night Stand? I can't remember. But yes, I mean that whole. Um, yes, I laughed. Train I mean, spotting. I saw. It's very, very rare for me to see a movie twice. Uh huh. And um, and the fact that I saw that movie twice in the theater in the was, theater um, that's amazing. Well, I went to once with a friend and we, I laughed so hard. And then the second time, like it was at like the cheap theater, and I uh-huh. and, I, and I wanted to bring another friend who I knew would love it. So, uh-huh. um, yeah. So I mean, I probably spent like twelve dollars total on a t- two tickets, but um, <laughs> but it was worth it. I mean, oh, I mean, you know, I, think, I think of it more from the t- from the time standpoint, particularly. You know, you're not much for evening activities, Dim, because it cuts into bedtime. So I'm wondering, you know, what's maybe one of them a a matinee or something, perhaps? No, no, I can go to a seven o'clock movie. <laughs> okay, <Sarah>. okay, okay. <laughs> Maybe dress in your pajamas and then this transition going home can just be seamless, right? <laughs> in the just dark, no one notices anyway, right? <laughs> take the shoes off. Um, that's funny because uh, one of the last movies that I can think of that I saw twice in the movie theater was Bridesmaids. And uh, you and I saw that together, remember, after the first time we went up to Ogden. And then we had came down to Salt Lake and we had a bunch of time on our hands before our flight. And we were like, oh, let's, oh, no, we saw it in Ogden. That's where we saw it. We saw it in that big yeah. multiplex in Ogden. Yeah. <laughs> oh, did we see, I thought we saw it at the, um, didn't we see one though? That was like a dinner, like one of the dinner, like, um, you know, order. Oh yeah. The chicken we, food and drinks. Yeah. And, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. Yeah. We saw a movie. I remember doing that with you in, in Utah as well. Yeah. But maybe that was the different no, one. No, that was it. That was it. I just can't remember whether now the weather was in Salt Lake or in Ogden. Cause uh, yeah, yeah. Cause we did go to that big multiplex in Ogden, which will not be part of the retreat next month. But uh. <laughs> Everyone gets a movie ticket. Right. Let's go all just sit side by side and not talk. Right. Right. Um, so, uh, so how goes uh, grand Canyon training and, and remind me, what's oh. the name of the, what's the name of your other event in August? What's the name? It's, it's called swim run. Oh, just I, swim thought, run. I thought it had a um, European name to it. Oh, well, it does. It's O-T-O or uh-huh. uh, O-T-I-L-L-O. That's how I say it. I don't know if that's correct or not. Um, <laughs> but um, that's what it's called in, in Europe. In, in that's, you know, that's the O-T-O. I think that's um, 
yeah, I don't know what, I'm not going to try to translate it. Um, uh-huh. But it's called here in the U.S. It's called Swim Run. And I think okay. the organization is on a Swim Run USA. So Okay, I can um, remember that. So yeah, okay. yeah, they're expanding. They're going, um, they're, they're doing one in Boston. Um, mm-hmm. And then they're also doing one outside of Seattle at the Orca oh. Islands, I believe. Um, which I'm kind of like, oh, dang it. I kind of would rather go Orca to Island, Seattle yeah. than... Uh-huh. Portland, Maine, but that's okay. Uh, so yeah, that's in August. So um, so yeah, definitely training is ramping up for both those things. I swam with Katie, who's going to be my excuse me, my, my teammate for swim run um, yesterday for the first time oh, uh-huh. um, in a long time. We did our little. We had to do a mile test to show that we could swim a mile in less than forty minutes. Um, did, did you make it, Tim? Did you make it, Tim? We did. We did. Yeah, <laughs> that was in January, though. That was a long time ago, and that was the last time she swam. So oh, you know, I was okay. feeling like a badass because I could, you know. Um, you know, I, I just, yeah, well, more, <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, and Katie, she was feeling bad. She's like, Oh my God, my shoulders. And I'm like, Katie, you haven't seen me running. So, you know, I'm running, I'm up to 30 whole minutes of running twice a week. So, you know, um, she's like ultra runner, you know, could yeah. rip off a 50 mile or no problem. So, you know, yeah. I'm like, we'll, we'll kind of even each other out yep, yep. on this. In the um, and yeah, Grand Canyon is going well too. I mean, so I wrote about that today on our website. Um, we are, you know, kind of, we have about eight weeks out and um, the Minnesota girls, Joe and Jess are having problems with their winter, right? So mm-hmm. like they did a last, on Saturday, we, we did kind of our first long hike, um, three and a half hours. And I, you know, had, my, I w- it was a little slippery in the morning. So I went on the trails, I was going to do the Red Rock stairs and then um, go on the trails and then go back to the stairs. But I just started on the trails and stayed uh-huh. there longer. Uh-huh. Um, but the trails were not... Um, they weren't uh, slippery at all here. They were slippery still in Minnesota. So that kind of inhibited them from, you know, um, going at a aggressive pace. Right. So. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, hmm. so when you told us on the, our uh, weekly call on Monday, you said that it definitely felt like a long time. <laughs> it was a long time. I mean, three and a half. Well, like, okay. I said by myself, like I said this in the post too. I mean, hiking by yourself, there's something like more contemplative about it than uh-huh. running, like running. You can kind of, tune out a little bit more, but I don't know, hiking, I don't know if it's a speed or the fact that you're, you know, always on the trails or typically on the trails. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was interesting. Um, but it was, I mean, it was nice, you know, but it, it was, you know, it's the first time that I've done a long, long workout in a, like, I don't know, two years, you know, I mean, I've done a couple, um, I did a couple things at the gym where I would like, I, I, you know, I, ran for like 20 minutes and then I'd go to a swim practice and then I jumped on the elliptical. So I was trying to like kind of just build cardiovascular endurance, but that's not the same as doing the same thing for, Mm -hmm. you know, three and a half hours. So, Mm -hmm. um, so yeah, so that was, that was just, it was, uh, (laughs) I mean, I came home limping. That's, we'll just leave it at that. But Uh I feel better about, you know, I feel like I, I kind of recovered and, um, I'm going to try it again on Saturday. I mean, I'm going to go, cause we really going to go, you know, I mean, I think I've said this before, but we're going to go down first and then across and then up. And I mean, could we do it right now without training? Yes, we probably, the three of us could probably stand on the edge right now and get it done. But I want it to be fun. I don't want it to be a suffer fest, you know? Yeah, um, for so, sure. Um, yeah, so, uh, so I think we're going to, you know, so I'm going to go down on Saturday, like go to the top of, it's called Lookout Mountain um, and take a trail down and then climb back up and then kind of see where I am that way. Yeah. So yeah, no, but everything is overall, it's good. I mean, I'm excited. Good, good. And so for, so for three and a half hours, did you listen to anything or were you just alone with your thoughts? Um, no, so I was alone with my thoughts for about 90 minutes. I, um, I knew that I would need my music at the end and I had Strava on as well. So I wanted to make sure that I had enough battery, um, <laughs> to, uh, I knew that I would need the music at the end more than anything. And, uh-huh. and, you know, it was a quiet Saturday morning. I mean, it was really nice actually. I mean, as far as just like quiet, I mean, mm-hmm. there just was, I mean, because it, because the weather was, um, you know, it was pretty chilly and it had snowed, there were like like two cars in the parking lot. So I was, you know, the only person there. Usually it's pretty, Red Rocks is pretty crowded on the weekends. Yeah. I mean, and it was crowded when I left. But um, yeah, I mean, it was, so I, list, I listened about 90 minutes in, I think I turned on my music um, and that was, that was good. Yeah, I mean, it was, you know, it's just different, right? It's just mm-hmm. different and, you know, kind of just readjusting my maps as to what, what, um, what I can do and what that feels like. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Your new normal. My new normal. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Huh. How's so, your and, running going these days? Oh, um, interesting you ask. I, um, 
have a little bit of heel pain, and so I actually haven't run. It'll be two weeks uh, this Saturday that I haven't run, and so, um, and it's it's def. I mean, it's gotten markedly better. I mean, it's ninety to ninety five percent pain free now, and it was pain is an exaggeration for what I was feeling. But um, I just was like, okay, this feels like the could be the start of the dreaded PF plantar fasciitis. So sure, I, sure. you know, I was like, okay, I, I see an orange flag. I am going to <laughs> consider that. I'm going to take that seriously. So. I've been doing cycle bar. I've actually, for the past two Tuesdays, I have um, gone over by myself. The, t- the cycle bar we go to is in a suburb of Portland, and um, I typically stay right within my own neighborhood. Like, you know, time is of the essence in the morning. So when Molly and I go to cycle bar, it's typically on a Sunday where we have the luxury of time to, to make a, you know, 20-minute drive, something like that. So anyway, so they have, but they have a 5.30 a.m. class, so I'm like, I can do this. I can do this. And then I was so excited slash nervous that I woke up way before my alarm both times. <laughs> so, like, I can do this. So, I can do this. Yeah. So then, uh, so I, and the first time I got there at 5.03 for a 5.30 class. Oh my God. You got there at 5.03? I got there at 5.03. Holy cow. Was it open? <laughs> Thankfully, they open at 5. So, uh, so what'd you do? So was, you go in and like warm up for 20 minutes? Or? Oh yeah. So I just went in there and you know, sat on the bike and spin, spun, spinned my yeah, legs. Yeah, um, yeah. And, uh, and then this week I'm like, okay, I don't need it to leave quite so early, but you know, I got in a solid 16 minutes of riding before the, and not 15, I got in 16, 16 uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> before the class started. And, um, and my gosh, having that warm up makes me be so much stronger right out of the gate. Sure. Uh, oh yeah. my gosh. Cause typically, you know, so the cycle bar doesn't put up stats like as much as soul cycle does on the, you know, on the board or whatever. But, um, so that I'm happy about that. But, uh, so, you know, typically I inch my way up as class goes on, like my endurance and my strength kicks in. And, and so then, you know, I end up pr- pretty high ranking class typically, but, but, you know, in the beginning <laughs> they must be like, Oh, look at the poor mother runner. Like she can't really <laughs> keep up with us. <laughs> and this way I'm like, all right, let's go. So do they keep the stats up the whole class? No, 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 no. They only show them, oh gosh, maybe five times would be a lot. You know, it could be three to five times. And so particularly like if they're having you do some sort of sprint and, uh, and then they'll give, so like if it's a 30 or 45 second sprint, they'll put it up. And so then, you know, and then at the end they flash who got first, second and third. Um, so it was pretty, pretty, sorry. Oh, it's pretty funny. The, um, so I, um, in typical fashion, my, you know, since it's an athletic thing, I have my name up there as champy. And, Mm -hmm. um, so anyway, so the first class, uh, that took last Tuesday was this really nice woman, Jen, and she was very encouraging of other people. She'd be like, yeah, Celeste, you know, way to push or, you know, great job, Cheryl. And she looked at me once. It's not really full class. She looked at me once. And even in the dark, I could tell she was kind of like, yeah, I'm not going to say that word out loud. Like I could tell, <laughs> she was like, I'm not sure she really wants to be called that. So as, as I was walking out, um, she was like, Oh, great job. So what's your real name? And I thought, Hey, you know, in Oregon, my real name could be Champy. Uh, yeah. So did you say that? <laughs> no, I did not. I said, oh. um, I said, Oh, my real name's Sarah. I said, but my athletic nickname is Champy. And so she was like, and I said, and I really like when people say, you know, when cheer me on by that, I didn't say, oh, please say go champy, champy, go when, you know, and so, uh, so anyway, so I was just jacked up after class. Like I was so, so full of energy for, you know, at least half the day. And so then I got an email from the instructor, Jen, and it turns out she is a mother runner, totally digs what AMR does. Oh my gosh, that's awesome. She was so nice. And, um, and she and I had talked before class since I was in there for so long. And, uh, and so, so she hanging out an hour before right, class. Right, right. So then I, since she'd emailed me, I'm like, oh, I just have to ask, you know, how'd you figure it out? I thought, is it my Chrysler Pacifica with another mother runner on the side? Is it the fact that I always wear it to class? Like I take it off in the dressing room, but I always wear and another mother runner sweatshirt and the another mother runner team jacket. So I was like, well, which was it? <laughs> and she said, she said, no, when you said, uh, when you explained that Champy was your athletic name, I figured out who you were. <laughs> oh 
my gosh. Wow. That's awesome. <laughs> yeah. So it's very, it really, so that, so even though my buzz had worn off by then, I'm like suddenly on another high. I'm like, oh, right on. <laughs> that's great. Oh my yeah. gosh. Yeah. I've yeah. only got, I did that one class. So Soul Cycle doesn't put up stats, do they? I didn't, I don't remember them doing that. See, I'm not, I thought that's they, the one, Soul Cycle, I mean, we went to the one in, um, Berkeley. In Berkeley. And that, they just had candles. They didn't have stats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I definitely have been in. Oh, you know what? I'm thinking of Orange Theory. Oh, yeah. Orange Theory. They, yeah, yeah. 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 So, yeah. Yeah. Um, because we, because I did one cycle bar class here and I did oh, that. Um, and uh, I did it with Ellie, uh, the nutritionist, and Katie. And Ellie is, uh, you know, she has to win. Oh, everyone and she and she does I mean she's so strong so I'm but so I was like looking I was expecting to see like some stats at some point but they only put them up put them up at the very end towards some sprints and then I can't remember what what, what else they did but I was not quite um I don't know what I, I don't know what I was expecting but I liked uh-huh. the class it was good I really like it and they uh well NASA send you your stats so yes, then yes. um that or you can go online and and see how you know see how you compare to past, you yeah. Yeah, past performances because i definitely find that i am so much more capable of um hitting the rpms that they asked for before because i just i mean molly's really good at getting her legs spinning fast sure. and i'd be i'd be like oh no way no way <laughs> i just and it, it i don't know i almost do you feel having longer legs makes it tougher um you know that's interesting I've never thought of that. Uh, uh, maybe, maybe. I mean, I, I, I mean, I can get up. I think a warm up is definitely, you know, huge. And you found that out yourself. That's awesome. Um, you know, when I'm in good cycling shape, I, I don't have a hard time getting over. You know, when you do like fast pedal, like getting over one ten or one fifteen. But, um, mm-hmm. but I can't sustain that for much. You know, but but yeah. that is, you know, but that is a good. Um, a good practice and I can't remember why you want to do that, but you do. Um, but I mean, yeah, maybe it is a little bit, lo- maybe it is because, a little bit lower for, um, for longer legged people. Well, because I, so I, way back in the day, I used to take aerobics in high school at the end of my high school career at the Y in New Canaan, Connecticut. And I just had this tiny, tiny instructor and, uh, we would do step and, um, and it was also into college. And so, and I always felt like I was about half a beat behind, you know, like if you have to put your legs, you know, you're extending your arms, extending your arms, that type of thing. And finally somebody was like, well, Sarah, that's because your arm has to travel in space so much further than, you know, that five foot one instructor. And I'm like, yeah, "Yeah, you got a point there. So that, (laughs) that thought has always stuck with me. Uh, Oh, for sure. For sure. I mean, I see it. It's that's so funny because yesterday I went to a Pilates class and it was me and then um, what the instructor called the petites, which I mean, they were probably together, <laughs> you know, like maybe a little less than 10 feet tall. And so, you know, she counts things out and, you know, like say do 10 of this exercise, you know, and I'm, you know, and, and the thing about Pilates is you're, well, the, the way that I like to do it is go slower, right? And really make sure you're engaging the right muscles and recruiting what you want to recruit. Um, and these, these women just, I mean, like I would be on number six and they would be done, you no. know? And they, Oh yeah. Yeah. And I mean, so then I'm like, well, do I take four more and do it at the sloth like pace, you know, that it takes me forever to get up and down or do I just, you know, skip it and go on to the next one? But I totally, that is exactly, exactly it. And I see it too with, um, Amelia when she's swimming. I mean, sometimes I'm like, you know, they have such, you know, the, the shorter kids have such, such fast turnover yeah. with their arms for like the 50 free. And Amelia, like, I mean, I know she's racing because when she's done, she's like breathing hard, you know, when she's you know, <laughs> pulling her, you know, resting on the side of the pool. But like, I'm like, oh my gosh, she looks like she's out for like a Sunday leisurely swim. It's just like, wow. <laughs> you know, her arms are just like her turnovers, you know, I don't know how many strokes permit, you know, but it's just, it looks like she's in slow motion, you know, that's fabulous. See, that, that, that would, that would definitely support my theory about cycle bar because, you know, in a way the swim stroke is a little bit like the pedal stroke and then, you know, it's this long lever going around and around. So, so that's my story and I'm going to stick with it. Yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you. I'm with you hundred percent. Good, good, good. (laughs) Well, that kind of works out well that we have that type of debate given our guest, because today we're talking to Jay Deshari, a highly respected sports physiologist and biomechanics expert. Jay is director of REP Lab in Bend, Oregon. Woohoo, Oregon! A father runner, Jay is the author of several books, including most recently, Running Rewired, Reinvent Your Run for Stability, Strength, and Speed. 
Jay was a special guest speaker at our 2016 Run Plus Refresh retreat. Dimity and I will talk with Jay after this quick break. Jay, welcome back to the world of AMR. We're delighted to have you on the podcast. Thanks for having me. It's great to be here. Yeah. So, um, so we had to rejigger the schedule, the recording schedule, just a little because you were at a um, parent-teacher conference. So let's let's talk about your family first. Give us a snapshot of them out there in Bend. I've got two great little rugrats. Uh, <laughs> my daughter, I just turned ten, I, and uh, my son is six. And I try and give them small juice to keep them from growing every day, but it's not working. They keep <laughs> Good I luck love, with that. I love that small juice. Oh my goodness! Yeah. Yes. <laughs> do, you guys, I, do you guys like to get outside? I mean, Ben feels like such an outdoor space. Are you like campers, or are they uh, like what do you guys like to do? Uh, everything. I mean, yeah, we we camp a ton. I mean, my kids are both into just everything. They're into uh, alpine and Nordic skiing, uh, soccer, basketball, uh, climbing trees, climbing mountains, climbing anything they can. Long hikes, long bike rides. They're, yeah, they're great. They're awesome. Do they like long hikes? Well, I mean, I think they like adventuring, right? I mean, I'm not going to say yeah. they want to go cover 20, you know, 20 miles, but they love to go <laughs> hike two miles up the top of, uh, you know, a ridgeline and have a snowball fight in July and then, you know, roll roll downhill. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, they're, yeah, they're out for the fun days. That's so funny because my kids are like, do you want to go, you know, I'm like, do you want to go hiking? No, I hate hiking. I hate hiking. But I was just telling Sarah uh, on Saturday, I was out for a hike and we did. We hit this, I went up in this ridgeline and I'm like, oh my gosh, Ben would love this, like walking along the ridgeline for, you know, a mile or so. So I'm like, I could get him to do this hike. He would like this one. Yeah, we have to be careful. My daughter's pretty responsible. She's pretty good. My six-year-old, he's a little impulsive. So I'm all, all those, all those hikes with exposure. I, 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 I have a, a, a no loose grip policy on him. <laughs> That's awesome. No loose grip. Well, and then what about yourself? Tell us a little bit about your athletic background and how you ended up um, being kind of the running expert that you are. Uh, yeah, so I, I swam um, growing up, and uh, I, it's funny. I mean, as much as I say I, I, I try and expose my kids to as many different things as possible, uh, I grew up in uh, you know in a city. I grew up in New Orleans, and uh, it's a great city, but everything's definitely you know field or court uh, emphasis, right? I mean, you're at a you're at a you know a, a club playground, um, you know, for soccer or basketball or baseball, or whatever, or you're not. Um, and, uh, I think that there was, you know, there's not much access and exposure to real outdoor activities, uh, down there. And so, uh, yeah, it just led me into swimming, uh, for, you know, 15 to 20 hours a week, uh, every week in my life growing up. So, wow, <laughs> uh, yeah, I did that. And then I got very burnt out on that, um, because I, and I've learned that sports specificity at a young age is not the best strategy. So, uh, anyway, yeah. Uh, got into uh, actually got completely burnt out on things and uh, really pulled away from the whole endurance world for a long time and just became a meathead and went to the gym. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then one day got really bored and was like, "Hey, I'm gonna get back into you know some endurance stuff and try some shorter races and stuff and try different things and end up getting hurt and different things like that." And then I just never got good answers. Right, I, I was just frustrated that I could swim so far and bike so far, but, you know, running bugged me and people would say, oh, well, running's hurting you. You shouldn't run. And, uh, I never liked that answer cause it didn't make any sense. And, uh, so I, I kind of, I guess my career has built built around the question of, you know, building a better mousetrap so people can do what they want to do and, and, uh, not just be told, you know, something's going to hurt you. That's, there's really no proof to support. So, um, that's, I guess the, the, the MO for, so taking my career in that direction, and then I've just been really lucky uh, to kind of been you know very fortunate to be involved with great people who had kind of shared my vision as far as you know building a you know building these great labs to let us do better research to understand what drives overuse problems and and uh, you know learning from that and then taking that whole message and trying to teach that in the long term to to help people do better. Yeah, are you a runner? Do you run yourself? Yeah, these days I'm more of a shoulder athlete, a shoulder season athlete. I run more in the spring and the fall, and then uh, sure. I, I spend most of my time in the summer mountain biking and most of my time in the winter backcountry skiing. But uh, but yeah, it's definitely part of what I do on an ongoing basis. Yeah, cool, cool. Um, okay, well, so let's dive in. Let's dive in right away because um, I know people are hungry for answers and just to to uh, talk about building a better mousetrap, like you say. Um, what are the some of the most common issues you see among um, our crowd, which is the female recreational runner, um, when when you see them in person at your practice? Yeah, I, th- I think you know. And we just kind of throw a little story in here, right? So. Yeah. 
if anybody listening to this podcast walked into a gym, right, whether it's a local gym, a CrossFit box, whatever, right, you walk in, you see somebody, you know, deadlifting 400 pounds and, you know, doing these crazy, you know, cleans and snatches with, you know, tons of weight. And you walk in and there's instinctively, there's a, a message in your head that says, you know, it's going to take me time to build up to that, right? I can't, I can't just grab 400 pounds on day one and jump into this. And so there's this inherent, like, I need to be careful and progress myself so I don't get hurt. Um, and I think that, one of the to contrast that with running, I mean, running is a very simple, you know, as far as equipment and you know needs kind of sport, and so it's great, it's approachable. But you know that that you know you walk into your local running retailer and they have you know sign up for a local five k or ten k or you know half marathon or marathon or ultra, right? And there's always great supportive people there, and you know I can run, so sure I can sign up for this race, and I, and I think that that's great that running's so approachable, but at the same time. I think we lose sight of that fact that, you know, it takes time and effort and, you know, strategy to build the correct body to throw into your running. And I think that that's, that hits the nail on the head is that, you know, I know there's lots of races out there. I know your friends may be doing an ultra, you know, they may have been, you know, been training for a number of years to be able to, you know, train successfully and have their body be uh, robust to handle that training load. And, and I think that that's the problem is everybody, with our conversation about running is, you know, how many miles a week do you run? That, that's, that's the standard question, right? And not, you know, how many hours a week are you spending, you know, taking care of your body? <laughs> you know, how sure. many, you know, what, what's the quality of the mileage that you're putting in? You know, how do you recover from those workouts? How are you paying attention to how you develop as an athlete, not just as a runner? And I think that that's what I try and spend my time doing is to get, you know, endurance athletes. You know, I, I want you to hit your goals too. I want you to every goal you've got, but I'm the guy who has to pick up the pieces when, <laughs> when you know, you throw a bunch of volume at, at a problem and, uh, and that's never the answer, right? So uh, I think that the, the main, the main goal of, you know, building a better mousetrap is putting a, you know, stable and strong and robust body under that training volume that you want to put in. Totally. But I don't think we're told that, right, though? I mean, because like you said, running is so simple and it's so um, kind of intuitive. It's not like, you know, if you went to a CrossFit or whatever, you would feel like, okay, what I need to be uh, coached on form or, you know, learn this move or whatever. And running, it's like, well, we're born to do that. You know, we're born to run. So, you know, what's why, why do I need to work at it, right? Why do I need to think about it? Yeah, it's it's very interesting point. So you know, when you talk about that point, born to run. I, I love. I mean, the book was great. I love the idea. Um, and and I, I I think that you know, I think we've adapted to run right instead of born to run. And the idea is, I think our bodies inherently can tolerate a ton of amazing things. They really can. I mean, I look back in my athletic career and the stuff I've done, I'm quite proud of as far as, you know, times run, times swam, times biked, you know, weightlifted, whatever. It's like, I think I've been, I've done, my MO for myself has been to be a dynamic, diverse athlete. Uh, and I think that we can do lots, but it's interesting, you know, the, the Tarahumara Indians, right, are a tribe which is very heavily physical, right? They have to go and, you know, plow their own fields and harvest crops and get their own food and support the lifestyle and get water, you know, to their, to their people in the, in, the, in the tribe. And it's, it's a very different lifestyle than we live. Mm-hmm. You know, most of us, you know, spend our time behind the desk, behind the wheel of a car, you know, and, and then we just throw our running shoes on and expect ourselves to be born to run. You know, you're living a sedentary, unactive, life, inactive lifestyle, and then you throw a bunch of volume on top of that. It's not really the same thing. And I think that, you know, by being more diverse and more dynamic, your body learns better movement. And when you take somebody who knows how to move really well, you know, running really well is not, is not a problem, right? It's actually quite easy. Um, but when you take somebody who's got, you know, this chronically, you know, kind of slumped over uh, position from having bad posture all day long and immobile hips and, you know, really poor foot control and you throw a bunch of volume on top of that, you know, whether that be five miles a week, 20 miles a week, 80 miles a week, whatever, at some point that system's going to break down a whole lot faster than somebody who's prepared for it. So I think the big thing is, you know, running's great. And I, and I know people say, I just want to go for a run. And, and I want you to go for a run too. Um, but just running isn't enough to keep your body robust for the long term. Mm-hmm. So Jay, I love your, uh, the word, the D words that you kept using diverse and dynamic. And then there's also one that's on the tagline on the back of your book, which is become a faster, more durable runner. And so that, yeah. that idea of being more durable, a more durable runner is very tantalizing to me. So can you talk more about these D words, you know, including durable? Sure. Yeah. I mean, I, I've got a picture in the, in the running ride book of just, you know, it, it's a great, just <laughs> come to reality moment for everybody. Right. So if you stand on, you know, both legs, you have a hundred percent of your body weight split between both feet. Mm-hmm. Okay. And if you stand on one leg, you obviously have a hundred percent of your body weight on one leg. 
Um, and then if you uh, look, look at what the reality of running is, right? You have people <laughs> don't like this, but it's the truth. You have to be able to support two and a half to three times body weight on one leg every single stride, mm-hmm. right? So that's basically the equivalent of you taking one and a half times your body weight, sticking on your shoulders and standing on one leg and, you know, jumping up and down, <laughs> right? And like that, like it or not, that's how much load your bones, tendons, ligaments, meniscus, you know, ankle, ankle every, everything sees every single stride. And that's a lot of stress to put on a body, right? And, and I know people are like, wait a second, I can't, I can't, I don't understand how I can run because I can barely even stand on one leg with that much weight, let alone bounce on it, right? And that's because when you run, half it's due to you know muscular control and half it's due to elastic uh, energy we store in our tendons. But the reality is, you know, to create durability requires your bones, tendons, ligaments, etc., to be robust, right? And 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 training things from just that running motion, uh, you know, again, we always talk about you know being smart, you know, not doing too much too fast, too soon, and being progressive. That's great, uh, but I think that you know you need to make sure that you're allowing tissues to adapt in a very beneficial way. And uh, and just running alone doesn't really do that, right? You need to do some extra work, not hours a week, right? Uh, but but some extra work. So I think that's the durability aspect is is making your tissues more robust. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and and the good news is you can do this, right? I mean, you can increase bone density, you can increase uh, um, the the cross section or the thickness of your tendon and muscles and you can become stronger and you can become more kind of wired to run as far as learning to use the right muscles to move. So um, those things are all, all possible. Um, and, and we do that through that other dynamic word that we, we talked about, right? So the, you know, the way to learn to move better is to do things that are very specific but to do them in a very variable way, right, with some variety, right, and so the more different strategies I have uh, at my at my disposal, the the more efficient and more optimal my mechanics are, and then the yeah the the, the better control I have over my body as I'm running. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's talk about the bear crawl. <laughs> that's, one those, that's one of those movements that is definitely a very athletic movement, right? I mean, we were emailing a little bit before um, a couple, you know, as we we're setting up this podcast, and I was like, oh my gosh, Jay, because I have your book here and I have so many pages um, turned down, and I'm like, okay, I'm going to try this, I'm going to try that, I'm going to try that. And I'm like, okay, the bear crawl is basically, I mean, that is. It's it's coordinationally challenging, mm-hmm. and then it's also muscularly challenging. So I mean, yeah. I did feel like I was back at gym class, you know, <laughs> trying to and being like the last one across oh, the line. Fle- like, come and, on, Jimmy, you can do it. Oh, and flexibility. We have to do bear crawl oftentimes at um, a strength class I take. And boy, Jim, you and I could have a race to see who finishes last because I, I think I, would, <laughs> I I think I'd beat you in that category. <laughs> but I mean, talk I mean, because you you have a lot of moves like that in this. I mean, they're not as hard. I mean, I think the bear crawl is personally one of the harder ones, but I mean, it's definitely kind of reworking what we think of as quote unquote running specific exercises, right? Totally. Yeah. And so, you know, when you think about, you know, everything you do for your, your, this isn't just cross training, right? The things I, I kind of ask runners to do and to embrace is not just things to, to take your time and develop more, uh, you know, physiologic uh, ability, right? I don't really care about increasing your VO2 max. My goal is to make sure the chassis you bring to the table is, you know, appropriate to match the, the, the engine kind of training that you're getting. So um, if you think about, uh, you, know, at, you know, when you run, you're in contact with the ground a quarter of a second less per stride. You don't have time to think, right? I mean, those of you who try to do, you know, a bunch of crazy form drills, and it takes a lot of mental energy to think through those things, right? Mm-hmm. And I'm not going to say, I, I, you know, talk to, we'll talk about form a little bit if you guys want for sure. But, but I think, you know, the idea is some of your training should be focused through precision movement, right? So learning skills. And, and, and we know from research, I, I know from my research in my lab, uh, that you know, the more skilled or the more control you have over certain movements, the more that becomes part of that, that normal innate muscle memory, right? And when you can tap into that muscle memory instantly, you don't have to think through things, right? Those of you who've been told, you know, try and move more from your hip or try and change your posture when you run, you know, if you stand in a certain position or you tend to, you know, don't, if you don't move your hips correctly, how can you do that when you're running, right? Mm-hmm. You can't think through that. So all these precision movements like bear crawls are designed to give you coordination challenges. You have to think, 
wow, how do I actually sequence my core with my hips and my, and my upper body? Because you know, while you don't you know, run with your arms, your arms do move and they counter-stabilize lower body stuff. And the people who have a hard time with that are ones that go, wow, I didn't ever think about moving you know, in a way that's, that's connected. And, then, and the reality is running is a full body activity, right? You have to know how to control the, the, kind of this, this rotational line of stress we have through the whole body. And you learn things like that through the bear crawl, through all these rotational exercises and through all these you know, kind of dynamic challenges to build a better system right and, and the more you know it takes four to six thousand repetitions to kind of change that muscle memory right oh. um, yeah. so, that's so, asking a lot of that bear crawl. i don't know if i well, can do that and you don't have to do six thousand reps of bear crawl right but yeah. you know that's why we do a variety of things right sure. so you know you shouldn't do you know if you're going to do some you know some type of precision-based workout, the same workout every day, every week, that's not going to help you, right? Because you eventually adapt to that workout. There's no more challenge. Your body's bored and it doesn't really improve. But if you keep doing, you know, again, a variety of dynamic things, expose yourself to new challenges, you'll only become better. <laughs> you, know, yeah. you know, and, and the, the idea, you know, I always talk about, you know, I'm trying to create a lifelong success for you. And, you know, I'm glad you like to run right now, wherever you are in your running career, but I also want you to be able to run in 20 or 30 years, mm-hmm. and I want you to have your own joints. <laughs> yeah. So, that, that, I wish for a, you yeah. <laughs> to have your yeah, own that, joints. I love that. Yeah. And that's the goal, right? The goal is, you know, if you just do the same thing all the time, you get, you know, very adapted to that one thing and you lose that dynamicism. And, you know, sometimes you may be able to kind of, you know, ride the tightrope of injury, right? Where you're kind of barely struggling along and barely surviving. And, but, you know, those of you who've kind of fallen off that tightrope know it's pretty hard to climb back up on top again if you're starting with, you know, in a big deficit. And so if you say, hey, look, you know, I'm going to put a bunch of stress in my body and it's my job as an athlete to make sure that, you know, I'm taking care of all of me, not just my heart and lungs. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's the big ask i know it's an ask because people say wow it takes time but you know the vast majority of runners out there at every level right i mean from, from newbies to, to the elites you know i tell them look if you would take a little bit of time out your runs every week and, and focus on this stuff you're not only going to feel better and last longer but your runs will be better right so the other part of this book is that performance side and uh you know my other book kind of didn't really get into this a whole bunch but you know how do you actually become a faster runner, right? And, and that's a skill of uh, muscle recruitment that you can learn through the right type of training. And so that's another kind of benefit to this, that, you know, there's free speed in the table, which I think a lot of people are missing uh, because their form breaks down. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, if you ever see a picture of yourself at the finish line of a race and it looks different <laughs> than you do at mile one, you know, that's your fault. <laughs> yeah. I know you're going to get tired when you run. That, that's a given, right? But wouldn't you want to prepare your body for the challenges of being a tired runner? Because that's a given, right? And I just don't understand why that slips away in terms of somebody's preparation. And we just think about, again, how many miles did you run this week, right? Or how fast did you run? That's not what I care about. I care about the quality of your runs to make sure that, you know, mile nine looks as good as mile one and that you feel like you can, you know, feel when your form breaks down. And you've all that, that stress you had doing the bear crawl and all that thinking stuff when you're running like, wow, this is actually pretty easy now. I know what I'm supposed to feel. Yeah. yeah. You know, hearing you talk, Jay, reminds me of a scene from your book about those, uh, the, uh, collegiate or leader collegiate, I'm not remembering which athlete who was in the, there were eight runners in the 800 meter race. And that in the final stretch of it, you said like five of them, you know, totally were taken out of the picture. Literally, I guess it was on uh, TV or something because they just kind of sat in their back seat. And uh, you said the extra energy it takes to run with poor posture took those f- five out of eight runners. So, um, you know, that's sort of what you're talking about, that those people didn't, it wasn't like those athletes were less aerobically fit or something than the, than the three guys who were out in front, but it was just that they, their, their, you know, body, they couldn't hold their body the way they were supposed to. Completely. I mean, this is the national collegiate championship, right? Mm -hmm. Like this is the best of the best in the collegiate sector. And, you know, all those athletes train super hard is, is, again, in terms of physiology development, right? They run all these crazy workouts. They're super intense. They're super focused. When it comes down to it, you know, why don't you take time to prepare your body for the stresses of running? And that's not just, you know, heart and lungs. That's for the body's alignment, right? And we know that it takes more energy to run if your posture falls apart. 
Mm-hmm. So, you know, in my mind, this is an 800 meter race, right? <laughs> you know, you've got, you've got everybody in nice, great position off the start line, all the way through 400 meters, through 600 meters and 200 meters to go. Five of those athletes basically just kind of slump in and kind of arch their back and kind of run in the back seat. And instantly they're out the, ta- the camera screen, mm-hmm. right? So uh, they, that's a sign that, you know, their, their body blew up and then they're working harder to run. And the other three runners who maintain a better position pulled away and finished one, two, three. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, that's a, that's a part of, you know, comprehensive of development for me. I mean, if you're a track athlete, you spend time practicing starts, right? I mean, you practice time in the blocks. Uh, if you're a swimmer, you spend time practicing starts. If you're any athlete, you spend time working on that, you know, making sure you can maintain form throughout your entire distance of your race at race pace is an integral part of preparing for an event. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, and that's a night. So, I mean, the bear crawl, like I said, that's one of the harder exercises, but I really um, do think how you laid out the book is um, super accessible and makes a ton of sense because so I mean you literally start with posture right and it's not and it's not exercises like push-ups it's like you know aligning yourself and um, you know and and um, some simple stuff that you can do just to kind of help open up that hunch that we're talking about that steering wheel hunch and that keyboard hunch um, which obviously affects you um, especially towards the end of a run um, and then, and then you go into kind of foot function and, um, and then kind of your hips after that. And so, I mean, can you talk just a little bit about that progression and why, um, those three things are so vital? Yeah. So, I mean, when you, when you talk about, you know, this idea about how neuroplasticity, right. I mean, your brain can learn. Okay. And so like this talk, speak about posture specifically, because people think posture is all about just, you know, weakness or tightness or whatever. But, and, and, and again, if you're overly tight, it will pull your body in a different position for sure. Right. And if you lack strength, like in your shoulder blades, they will definitely tend to round forward more. But the reality is, you know, the way we move becomes our kind of set like, like our zero point, right? Does that make sense? Like, so the way we kind of, you know, sit and stand and walk and talk becomes, it feels normal for us. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, so the idea here is, you know, to pull yourself into a better position in terms of posture, sure, may require some opening soft tissues. And we have some tests in there to kind of figure out what things may be pulling you forward. Uh, it may be due to the fact that, you know, you need to improve some strengths, right? But to kind of, you know, be able to pull the shoulder blades back to be able to think about sequencing your core and your hips correctly. But it also just gets down to habit, right? And I think one of the biggest things is, uh, you know, I've got a little posture drill in the book on just how to kind of just find better position, right? Mm-hmm. So um, I, I said this often, just if, those of you who are listening to this right now, just try this, right? If you stay, if you can stand up and just kind of get a sense of where you feel weight on your feet. Um, those of you who tend to feel more weight on the heels, right? That, that t- it tends to tell me right away that you're kind of that backseat runner, right? Your normal position is to have a little bit more arch in the low back and a little bit more rounded shoulder position. And while you're standing, I want you to uh, think about taking your, imagine you have a heart rate monitor on, right? And instead of having just that little heart rate, you know, strap, which weighs, you know, a, an ounce or two, imagine that little sensor uh, right under your bra strap now weighs like 60 or 80 pounds, right? <laughs> and let it kind of drop your ribs down about a, you know, a centimeter or so. And you should feel weight move off the heels and more towards the middle part of the foot. Mm. Okay. And what that's doing is that's putting your spine in a more beneficial position. Okay. Um, and the whole goal is to basically, you know, optimize where your body is in relation to where your foot strike is. Right. And, and so the more you learn to feel that, right. And find that, and that means even stopping during a run and just going, okay, hey, look, I'm going to stop every half mile, every mile and just stand on one leg just for like two seconds, right? And go, oh, I'm still on my midfoot. Good. Keep on cranking through. Or you know what? I got tired and kind of fell in the back seat. Don't beat yourself up. Take your time. Drop your rib down in front and keep on going, right? Just to kind of make that, that kind of inked in your head, you know, learning those habits of how to kind of find position, again, when you're fresh and when you're tired. And that's super, super challenging. And so we know if we can get ourselves in a in better position, better posture alignment, we all those muscles around our, our hips tend to work better, right? So, you know, we talk about shifting things from a kind of a, a reaching forward strategy, which a lot of runners kind of almost pull themselves along, right, into a more pushing or propulsive strategy where we're pushing ourselves along. Um, you almost think about, uh, you know, if you're on a skateboard, right, uh, if you're trying to push yourself down the street, you don't reach the leg out in front very far. What you have to do is contact and push back behind mm-hmm. you. And and that requires, you know, again, being balanced over your foot on the skateboard, right, so good posture alignment and being able to propel yourself from your hips. So just trying to kind of take those kind of, you know, muscle, you know, those visuals we're thinking about and, uh, and, and helping people get into better position to drive uh, as they should versus pull themselves along. So Jay, reading your book and listening to you talk just now, I'm like, yeah, I can do this. I can do this. But then I think, oh, you know, I'm a master's age athlete. And the, the, the phrase that pops into my head is, you know, you can't teach an old dog new tricks. 
So, I mean, is it, is it, is it ever too late to make these changes? Uh, yes. <laughs> I hate that phrase. <laughs> uh, it, it is, it is not too old. He dog new tricks. Uh, your brain is capable of learning at any age. Uh, whether you look at, you know, true brain changes with, you know, older individuals who are, you know, learning to read, right. Learning to move differently, stroke patients, relearning how to move, uh, people learning how to walk after, you know, major brain injuries. Uh, I had that happen to me once, uh, you know, I mean, it, you know, you can always learn, right. Um, we see uh, multiple research studies have shown that athletes can become more, you know, precision in the way they move, and better control of their body, and even improve strength. And it, there was a great study looking at uh, individuals of 82 uh, and, and 82 to 85 years old were actually able to improve, uh, you know, the number of athletic characteristics that we measure and lean body mass right after doing strengthening programs. So mm-hmm. it is never too late to challenge your body to improve. Right. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things about the body is we're adaptable. Right. And so we adapt to those we put on us and for sure you're not going to walk into the gym and do you know 400 pound deadlift on day one but you know what you can work up and find out where you are and improve from baseline and that's one of the things that's fun about this i think you know there, there's some i think you know looking at some of the stuff in the book people are like wow okay this is you know some of these workouts are great they're simple they don't require any equipment great or they require you know a yoga ball they require you know some uh you know a sling system like a trx system or something like that that seems approachable and the second you put a weight in somebody's hand they, they tend to get nervous right and the reality is weights are not going to hurt you. <laughs> I promise. They don't have feelings. They don't harbor any guilt, right? They're, they're, try, they're just there. They're objects. And, and if you learn to move them properly, they will only make you better. They will only make your tissues more robust and more dynamic and more diverse, all the stuff we talked about, right? And, and so you know, it takes time. Um, to do this stuff, but it doesn't take a lot of time. And and I think people are, it, it's, I mean, think about how great it feels to, you know, knock off, you know, time and, and hit your PR in your next race, right? Like, I mean, think about how great it feels to go, wow, you know, this, this, you know, one thing used to be really hard for me and now I'm acing this movement, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, you're going to the gym and you're seeing progress. I mean, we all want to get better. I mean, it's nice to see things, you know, you know, day to day and, I think, you know, running puts a lot of pressure on us because we're so focused on, you know, what's my race time going to be or, and, you know, it, you put all this training in and you're judging your entire career by, you know, running career by, you know, a few days out there and, you know, racing and um, that's stressful, right? Mm-hmm. And, and it's nice to, you know, be in the weight room sometimes and say, you know what, like, wow, this is bumping up every week and I'm seeing consistent progress and that lets you know things are kind of progressing and it's almost like a mini test every time you walk in there and that's, that's a nice feeling, mm-hmm. right? Oh, definitely. Definitely. I'm, I'm curious. I, that was actually my next question for you was the weight stuff because it did. I was like, oh, I'm not going to do that one. <laughs> I'm going to hurt myself. <laughs> doing that. It's so funny that you have that. You that people have that. I, I mean, I guess I'm just a cliche, but, um, but I'm just curious, like if people don't have access to, you know, a gym or, you know, they have, you know, weights and a, and a weight bar. I mean, most of this stuff, I mean, you could go without would you say um, if you had to, or is it pretty important to, 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 to do like the, the kettlebell swing and that kind of stuff and the single leg deadlift. That's a great question. So, okay. So the way I try to build this, and I want it to be accessible, right? So the, everything's broken down in terms of like this precision movement, right? There's, there's, there's uh, six workouts in there, which you literally need nothing more than some stretchy bands, uh, a, a ball, you know, a, a stability ball, if you have one. Uh, and, and like, um, there's some, um, the, the, the you know, that sling system we talked about, a T-Rex, or there's a bunch of different brands these days uh, that would be very simple. And th- those are all designed, again, to make you sm- – the way you move smarter, right? Um, but when it comes down to, you know, that performance piece, right, uh, I'm going to spend a, a quick tangent here and talk about why it's important to use weights and use load sometimes. So um, – when you move, uh, the way we move is dependent on how much percent, the, the percentage of the muscle fibers that we need to recruit, right? So if I have to lift my phone up off the table and bring it to my ear, it's very light, right? I don't have to be, think very hard. I don't have to use a lot of uh, force to pick that phone up. And so I'm training my brain to use very precision, precision movement, right? Use my fingers to grab, bring the phone to my ear. Um, if I'm doing, you know, lifting a gym bag up, it requires, you know, maybe it's, it's a 20 pound gym bag, right? It's got stuff in it. I have to use more of my muscles strength to lift that up. So I'm training my brain to recruit those muscles in a certain fashion. So I know body weight exercise, all the rage these days, and body weight training is great, right? It's great for to learning to move precision, right? So learning to move under more control and be more robust in the terms of which we, that, that muscle memory stuff we talked about, right? Uh, and it's great. I mean, I, and I think that's, that's an integral part of training. Um, but again, body weight is only a required to generate a certain amount of muscle units, of motor units, right? Get that neurologic link between our muscles and our brain. And when you look at running, 
Running requires you generate two and a half to three times body weight every single stride. Mm -hmm. So if you're training only body weight, you're not really preparing your body to recruit force fast enough for the skill of running. Hmm. And so when we look at, you know, what, what is the weight room offer to you, right? It offers you the body to put a greater challenge, offers you the ability to put a greater challenge on your body, right? And so we can actually get to the point eventually, not on day one, but get to the point where you're lifting heavier than body weight and we're incorporating speed and variety to, to produce, you know, you, we're literally trained the skill of force production. Um, there's a great study which came out years ago and the title of the paper was, I forget word, word, but it literally something to the effect of faster runners put more force down on the ground, hmm. right? That's a skill. It's not faster runners have a higher VO2 max. Mm -hmm. It's not faster runners have a higher lactate threshold. It's faster runners put more force down on the ground. Mm. And that is a true, yes, this is a biomechanical dork in me coming out, <laughs> but it is, it is a true a skill to put more force down on the ground. And if you put force down on the ground, your body then rises up and it rises up for more, right? So basically you're covering more ground per stride, right? So this isn't the, telling someone to go reach out and try to have a longer stride. It's saying as you just run naturally, your body is naturally putting more force down to the ground. You're in the air longer, getting more hang time. So you have a longer stride length happening organically, right? We're not trying to force something. It just happens. And that doesn't happen from just running. In fact, there's a great study that came out, which I referenced in the book, that showed that just running alone doesn't actually maintain lean body mass, okay? Mm -hmm. Running is more of a muscle endurance type challenge. It's not really a muscle strengthening or power, power uh, kind of challenge uh, activity. And you need to spend time doing this to actually improve your body. So sorry for the tangent. No, I think but, that's, that's um, really helpful, it, actually. Yeah, it, I think it's a, if you think about it like that, like just I always tell people if you know if you have a test coming up tomorrow, right? I just went to my my parent teacher conference, with my kids, <laughs> <Yeah>. right? <laughs> so, like, are are your kids prepared for math? Are they prepared for reading? Right? That's what we do. What's on the test, teacher? Okay, great, I'll study that. Okay, well, runners, here's what's on the test. <laughs> you have to you have to be ready and robust to generate two and a half times three to three times body weight every stride of your run right? And not fall apart in your form, right? So I, I would ask you to all train for that, mm -hmm. right? So that you don't break down and you can be consistent. And that's the, the big take home. Mm -hmm. Wow. Mm -hmm. Gosh. Mm -hmm. Well, so, um, so, I mean, just, uh, just, okay. One more question, just kind of specific if you don't have the book in your hand, but okay. Between precision workouts and the, um, performance workouts, I mean, what, at what point do you alternate between the two? Do you go precision first and then, and then get into performance? Kind of, if you were somebody, you know, like one of, our, again, like kind of more of a recreational runner who maybe hasn't, is injury prone and hasn't, you know, hasn't really done the work that, that you've been talking about. Sure. So, yeah, great question. So I think that, you know, everything in the book was order, we organized, not around my opinion. Sure. Right? It was organized around, <laughs> around, you know, what we know as far as, you know, muscle memory and, and, and motor, motor planning, right? The learning, you know, the skill acquisition, right? You think about how do I learn to ride a bike? How do I learn to, uh, you know, become better at math? How do I learn to become a better reader, right? It requires frequent exposure. You have to try new things, right? And you have to do them in a certain sequence. So when you look at, you know, you don't need to do, you know, strength training every day day. In fact, you shouldn't be doing strength training every day. Um, you need to think about how many, you know, how much exposure do I need to have to change muscle memory? Now we said it takes four to 6,000 reps. It's not going to happen in one day, right? Um, I try to organize this book in terms of something that's actionable and doable so people don't have to think. And, and as a general rule of thumb, um, I'd like to have people work up to where they can do something twice a week, mm. right? And so, um, and maybe three times a week at some point in the season for higher level athletes. Uh, but here's how we organize this around. Uh, our, our, our one day a week is going to be a mandatory precision workout, right? So that's going to be, you know, they take about 15 to 18 minutes to knock out. Um, I know people say, well, it took me longer. I'm not counting your Instagram time <laughs> and your rest of the <laughs> I have done these workouts with like 80 to 100 people at a time and they don't take longer than 15, 18 minutes. They go quick. You just, they're not designed to give you rest. Um, they're designed to get, the, uh, you know, a little kind of a, again, a neuromuscular challenge. And there's a little bit of a physiologic hit just to boost the metabolism. That's actually beneficial for recovery. So there's some, some good reasons why you should do these outside of just the, the muscle training aspect, uh, the, the motor planning aspect. Mm -hmm. But, but one day a week of that is great, okay. right? And if you're somebody who's never spent time in any resistance type work, I actually say, hey, look, let's have you spend a little bit longer, about three months or so, playing with just 
you know, the precision workouts or maybe just that first workout in the performance series where it's just designed to teach you how to move under load, right? And if you've never touched a bar in your life, I make the very strong case in this book, please just grab a broomstick or a piece of PVC pipe and just spend time learning how to hinge from your hips with a little t- uh, this little tippy bird exercise and learning how to squat, what I call the chair of death squat, <laughs> right? Learning how to squat properly and just get that inked into your brain so that you know how to move without collapsing your back. You know how to move controlled, right? And so we spend some time there. But but once you know you've got a little base in terms of movement, you know, we need to expose, you know, one to two days a week of precision training, right? And then one day a week of performance training where you're actually putting your body under stress. Mm-hmm. Okay. And that that involves, yes, the weight work, the kettlebells and stuff like that, right? So um, you know, we're just trying to trying to give you enough exposure to improve, but not so much that, you know, we're compromising your running. Because I obviously everybody who's buying this book is not training for a CrossFit competition, right? Or to become a power lifter. We're trained to have the these benefits improve our run. And so everything's targeted around what what's the least amount of work we can do to get the most possible result. Mm-hmm. Awesome. I'd say that's I'd like say it. that's the message we gotta end with. Doing the least yeah. possible <laughs> work for the best most benefit. <laughs> Uh, well, this is fascinating, Jay. You really got me thinking about how to rejigger my workouts, um, you know, in my, my, yeah. my weekly yeah. schedule. How to rewire yeah, your workouts. Yeah, I know. Uh, I know. Yeah. Rewire <laughs> so again, the book is Running Rewired. That's what it's called, Running yeah, Rewired. Yeah, yeah. It's, I definitely feel like it's worth the investment. Yeah, and there'll be a link to it certainly in the show notes. Well, thank you, Jay, for um, taking time out of your work and your family life to talk with us. Oh, thanks, Sarah. And thanks, Timothy. It was great. Awesome. Take care. Yeah, thanks. So I definitely felt like we could have talked to Jay and just gotten more and more inspiration and information out of him, but I felt like that was that was a lot to chew on right there. So oh, it absolutely is, and it's a yeah. lot. I mean, his book is is def- has a lot of exercises, and um, mm-hmm. you know, and it definitely it takes some time to sit down and um and uh, digest it all. Mm-hmm. Um, but the exercise and the the workouts are in the back of the book, so those are easy to kind of. Um, see and, and if you want to take that to the gym and, gym, and hit yeah, them. Exactly. Um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's definitely, you know, obviously uh, your, my perspective and even like you with your heel, like, I mean, um, you know, like the reality is, is we've known this all along. And I think mm-hmm. probably, you know, in our twenties and thirties and maybe even a little bit early forties, like it just didn't matter because we didn't hurt. Right. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. And now it's like, oh, okay, you know, I don't even, you know, want I mean the running faster part, I mean that's that's icing on the cake at this point. I think for a lot of people, I oh, think it's it's just getting out there. Yeah. And and making sure that your body and I and I think that there's so much good in that. And I have to say, like having um you know, obviously stopped running for a long time. And now I'm just slowly, slowly coming back. Like, you know, I ran two times, two times a week in the month of March for 25 minutes uh, each time. Right. Mm -hmm. So probably eight miles total or something like that, or maybe a little over that, Um, you know, and just really thinking about how I felt and thinking about my posture and thinking about all those things and having done a lot of the work that not, not the stuff that's in, I mean, Jay's book is, uh, (laughs) I'm like, oh my gosh, have I been doing all the wrong, I haven't been doing the wrong things, but it's just, it's just different things, right? Different things to think about. So I'm intrigued to, to try to, to invest a little bit more time in, in those routines and see what, see what happens. Me too. Exactly. I mean, my gosh, talk about dog-eared book. I mean, I feel like need one of those, you know, those um, things that people put, those weighted things that people put on cookbooks to hold them open. I'm like, yeah, forget about keeping my cookbooks open. I think I got to be able to keep (laughs) (laughs) Chase book open. Well, yeah. Or like, you know, post note it like, yeah, okay. I remember this. I remember that. Right, 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 right. All right, Dim, we'll take us over to the train like a mother club. Well, okay. I love to. Um, and I'm actually going to um, hit the youngins this time. This is from Anne, who is in the 26.2 um, go and crush the distance plan. She's either in the go or the crush. I'm not sure which one. <laughs> um, but Anne is actually coming to the Ogden retreat and uh, she lives here in Colorado. And um, yes. she posted recently that she, uh, you know, the Ogden is downhill. Talk about specificity of training and getting your body ready for the miles. She went and did a huge downhill run, like 19 miles downhill. Oh my gosh. Um, on Saturday. Yeah. And people were jealous because right. Like that's super helpful in the scheme of things to be able to do that. Yeah. You know? And hello, um, yeah, hello, Colorado. I mean, like, I know <laughs> <laughs> we got thin air, we got legal marijuana, and your skin's gonna like make you look older than you really are. But hey, you can run 19 miles downhill. So, um, 
Anyway, Anne posted a picture of her daughter. This is the, what I wanted to share is that she said, start them young. She's a master at clamshells, although she did say, these are really burning up my butt cheeks, mom. Future bammer. <laughs> so she's lying on her side, you know, with her head lying on her arm and, you know, her knees going up and down. So pretty cute. Pretty cute. Very cute. Very cute. Um, so, well, speaking of Ogden, that reminds me of, we got some traveling coming up there, Dim, um, and uh, some, yes. some other races. So the first one that AMR is going to be at, uh, we will not be at, it is in, uh, it is the Oklahoma City Memorial Marathon. And we're going to have some of our Bammer Bassers there, headed up by a woman named Jamie Taylor. And I have to say, uh, on a personal note, I am very sorry to not be able to go to that because I've wanted to go to the OKC Memorial Marathon for many years since I wrote about it for Runner's World magazine. And I, I, you've said that a number of times. I mean, I know uh, that. I mean, I know that enough about, if like you're on a newlywed game, it would be like, um, <laughs> what race does your spouse really want to go to? I would say, um, Marine Corps and Oklahoma. Oh, you'd get it right. You'd get it right. Oh my goodness. You really do love me, Dimity. <laughs> okay. Well, flip it. What would mine be? I don't uh, even know what mine is. That's an unfair question. Hey, <laughs> um, uh, uh, I don't know. Next question. Okay. 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 <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So Chuck, Chuck Eubank isn't proud of you right now. Sarah, yeah, no. It's okay. No. Is that who the, um, oh, Bob Eubank, Bob Eubank. Bob Eubank. I knew Chuck, Chuck Woolery was, Chuck Woolery um, was a love <laughs> right. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. Seventies game shows for 200, <laughs> Alex. Um, so, <laughs> um, so, and then the following weekend, you and I are both going to be at expos, different ones. You, Dimity are going to be at, the flying pig um in cincinnati super excited about that we're gonna have a a shakeout run i'm not gonna give the date sarah what's that date is it the fifth uh the morning of the fifth yes that is cinco de mayo Mm -hmm. okay so may 5th we're gonna have a shakeout run we're still determining that spot because there's the the 5k and the 10k going on that morning downtown Mm -hmm. so um we don't want to interfere with those um and then we're having a little get together in the afternoon at the tri-state running store um in kentucky in Kentucky, as I say, I know there are multiple locations. It's the one in Kentucky, but you don't need a passport. You just go right across the border. So <laughs> super close, apparently. Um, yes. So that's going to be me and uh, Coach Amanda will be there, and we'll be there to talk about the course, talk about racing, talk about training. You don't necessarily have to be um, running the Flying Pig um, or even training for anything to come. Yep, I mean, it's yep. just a really fun vibe um, to get to know each other and just, um, yeah, have a, get some swag, have a good time. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And then the race day, of course, um, we'll be cheering on um, on Sunday. So yeah, I'm really looking forward to it. I've heard so much about this race, and it's their uh, gosh, is it their thirtieth anniversary or twentieth? Some it's some um, momentous number. Yes. Yes. Okay. Yes. Somewhere. I'm thinking some, it might be. Why am I thinking fortieth? I don't know. We're we're uh, just making stuff up now, Dave. I know. <laughs> I know. I'm like, oh god, I sound so like unknowledgeable these days. I'm like, um, but no. I can tell you what time I have to pick up my kid and where he has to be at lacrosse. Um, it's the twentieth. It's the twentieth anniversary of Flying Pig oh, Marathon. Good. Oh, good, good, so. good. Okay. So then, in that very same weekend, um, I will be a couple states west of you, or several states west of you. I guess I'm going to be in Eau Claire, Wisconsin, at the Eau Claire Marathon, which, as I announced last week on the podcast, uh, that is going to be the home base race for our spring 2019 retreat so i'm going out there to check things out and also to um be at the expo um that's a one-day expo it's all day on saturday may 5th so um show up or lose out right right right, right. (laughs) wow but i have to say it's a really intriguing expo because there is no vendor fee which you know means something to us um but it but on the flip side it means something to the people who go there because what they have vendors promise is that every vendor will be giving something away at their booth oh wow and then also have um a giveaway um like a bigger giveaway that people enter um, I just oh. saw that fine print. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I was going to say, what are we giving away? Like Skittles? <laughs> uh, no, we'll be giving away, um, I would think, uh, the limit that limited edition hat, that um, that Eau Claire hat. It's a, just so, you know, me and my um, adoration of flowers. It is so pretty. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but I mean, what's our giveaway at our booth? Oh, it is the, Timothy, it is the silicone bands. It is the Another Mother Runner oh, teal yes. green bands that are, you know. Um, we haven't really debuted those yet. Have we talked about those? I mean, or I, I feel like uh, people need to know what they are. 
Well, so, okay, so I, I believe I have talked about once previously on the podcast, but it's that we're going to be handing those out at every race expo where another mother runner is. And people should know that Dim and I aren't necessarily at the booths, but um, but there will be great BAM ambassadors and, and other mother runners representing there. And yeah, you just stop by and get, it's teal green. It says, it has, um, Another mother runner uh, debossed. That's a term I learned. Uh, I mean, it's kind of <laughs> like chiseled out of it. Um, it means um, engraved with sil- sterling silver. No, right, just kidding. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, Diamond you know encrusted. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah exactly. <laughs> Swarovski. Talk about yeah, right. Yeah. Um, and we should just, uh, because we, you know, just uh, can never make these long enough. I mean, the origin of these bands was um, happened. Um, last year, about a year ago in Pittsburgh, um, a woman um, at, at one of our gatherings suggested having some kind something so that you guys could tell each other, um, you could tell a bammer, right? Yeah. There goes another bammer. Mm-hmm. There goes another mother runner. And um, and uh, so we talked about like having like a, like a race, uh, like something you pin on your back. Mm-hmm. Um, but that feels a little... Uh, like oh a gosh. little, you know, if you take your layer off or, you know, if it's paper and it's crinkly and da, 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 da. So basically it's this teal, like you said, the teal band and it's like the Livestrong bracelets. So, but you can kind of look for it mm-hmm. um, and that would identify somebody as another mother runner. So if you see somebody with that on, you know, don't hesitate yeah. to introduce yourself, even if you don't have one on, if yeah. you didn't grab one or didn't, you know, whatever, um, definitely member of the tribe and somebody who will probably stand in the crowd with you and laugh about yep, the whole yep. situation before the race goes off. Yep, yep, yep. If you see something, say something. So it, yeah. it applies to yeah. teal bracelets around your wrist. Um, yeah. So, and so, so you're, you're going to be flying pig. I'm going to be Eau Claire. And then the following weekend, I am at Hippie Chick, a race outside of Portland um, that I've been to, we've been to a number of years in a row. Um, and I always enjoy that. It's an all women's race. The following weekend, we are at Ogden at that expo, another one day expo. We like those. Those are all just, you know, well, just mother runner, um, you know, on steroids. Um, it's like, I think of it as like a, like a, a swarm, right? Like a beehive <laughs> kind of thing. Like come in. Okay, go. <laughs> well, that's good. The beehive, you know, it's the symbol of uh, Utah. The so. Utah state. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, uh, and then let's see. Oh, the following weekend, we are going to have uh, Bammer Bastards at um, Happy Girls Bend. I am not headed out there for, I think, the first time, maybe. Wow, Sarah. Yeah. yeah. I kind of answered that one on the Newlywed Game, too. Why, why aren't you going? I am not going because, wait for it, Dimity, I have decided that I will have been traveling enough, and I need to um, stay focused. Stay home. Stay home and stay focused, and because I do have a lot more travel coming up in June. Um, so, And also, I have to say, my kids are ungrateful little tykes <laughs> um and uh yeah yeah um and so they're just like oh do we have to go back go back to bend i'm like are you kidding me it's like a fantastic oh destination gosh. so yeah. so anyway so um so annalise one of our portland bam ambassadors offered to do it and so they're going to have annalise be the mc taking over taking over the mic rolls from from me oh i love it yeah yeah and she was totally game for it i mean she i asked her an email i swear she replied in like 20 minutes yes and i was like right. awesome so then uh then i think we're not anywhere for a bit until uh molly and i are up at anchorage uh marathon if they ever would reply to me uh if anyone knows anyone who's affiliated with the anchorage marathon have them reply to my emails um i will get in touch with them but um yeah, so Mal and I are going to be there. We're going to do a recording of the podcast, most likely at Skinny Raven downtown. Uh, Skinny Raven, guys, I'm looking at you. Uh, <laughs> oh, are they the ones that haven't replied? No, it's somebody else. Uh, some, oh. yeah, yeah, no, the Skinny Raven guys. They seemed really enthusiastic right from the get go too. Uh, we just oh, need good. to, yeah. So um, I've been to that store, Sarah. You have. I've walked in that store. You yeah, have. I went in. I, I went in looking for cool running. Like I wanted to get a cool Alaska running shirt, but. Um, nothing stood out, but uh, I'm sure they've got really cute styles now. Oh, and we have <laughs> the best. Oh, it's talk about limited edition trucker hats. The Alaska one, I think, is our best one ever. Oh my gosh! Yeah. Wow. What What other dirty laundry? Who else do we need to hear from? You want to You want to throw <laughs> right, any, <out> right. <laughs> any other dirty laundry? You need to <laughs> so yeah. So that's our that's our travel schedule coming up. And and my gosh. Okay, I think it's time we wrap this show up. Uh, <laughs> okay. All right. Uh, oh, thanks yeah, a lot, yeah, Sarah. Uh, nice to chat with yes, you. Yes. And our podcast today was produced in Portland, Oregon, by Alex Ward from Sounds Like Pictures. Many happy miles with good posture. 